This past week, Kurt and I were in Rio Dosa, New Mexico for a retreat. There's a Christian school in El Paso, Texas called Jesus Chapel. And every year before they bring their students, before they have school, they bring their high school students for a retreat. Now, this is a, a private school. It's a Christian school. And it's a, what it is is a college prep school where they're prepping kids and getting them ready for college. And most of the teachers, they all have their bachelor's degree. Some have their master's and some have their doctorate. Well, they bring them every year. Well, I've been doing that retreat for 17 years. 17 years ago, Kurt was a sixth grader, and uh, they were going to have a man that I know named Joe McGee. Uh, He's a friend of mine, and he couldn't be there. And so they asked him, they said, well, who would you recommend? And he said, well, I I would recommend Rusty Gray. And he said, Rusty Gray from Tulia? And they said, yeah, that same guy. So, and then he told him, he said, if you ever have him, you'll never have anybody else. Well, this is our 17th year to go. While we were there, we got to minister to their teenagers. And then we also got to hang out with their staff and uh, rub shoulders with their staff and be around them. And I want to talk to you about what I saw in their staff and share with you. I saw two things in their staff. I saw passion and I saw sacrifice. Their staff have a passion for Jesus Christ. They have a passion for education. They have a passion for reaching out and ministering to teenagers. And they have all sacrificed to make that happen. Then I'm going to share with you at the end of my message what they've done. But I want to talk to you this morning about passion. That's what I want to talk to you about. The Holy Spirit ministered that to me on the way home, and he ministered it to me yesterday. Let me give you a definition for passion. Passion is a compelling enthusiasm or a desire for something. A compelling enthusiasm or desire for something. Now, here's what I want to do this morning. I want to reignite or refire your passion for God. Now, if you have a passion for God, it affects every single area of your life, and that's what I want to do. We're going to start this morning with a video. It's a video of a coach named Dino Barber, and let me set this up. This video is about passion. That's what what I want you to see in it. Now, the context of the video is sports. The coach that's in the video coaches Syracuse, and this is from last year. And Syracuse played Virginia Tech in football, and it was one of those games where Syracuse, the game was over before it started. The sports media, you know, said there would be a 20-point gap in the game and that Syracuse didn't have a chance against Virginia Tech. And it's one of those stories of the game is over before it's played. Are you with me? Okay, you've been involved in any of that before where you think, hey, the game's already over and it's already decided. It was a little bit like the Falcons against uh, New England last year in the Super Bowl, right? That game was over at halftime, but nobody told the Patriots that, okay? And so it's that situation. Well, they've played the game and they beat Virginia Tech against all odds. Then they go into the locker room and Coach Barber gives a speech and I want you to watch the speech. They don't know about the kumbaya meetings we had this week. They have no idea. They don't. We are together. We play as one, we win as one. Off the field, on the field, picnics to the classroom, we're together.
Now, we're going to watch it again because you need a little more dose of that than you just got. So we're going to watch it again, but here's what we're going to do. I want you to pay it. There's a young man in the middle of the screen, kind of at the back, and he's leaning up against a post, and he has on a navy shirt, and he has on an orange cap. And when the coach starts the speech, I want you to pay attention to him and, and watch what he does. Go ahead and start it again, please. People don't know what we went through. They don't know about the Kumbaya meetings we had this week. They have no idea. They don't. We are together. Yes, sir. We play as one, we win as one. Yes, sir. Off the field, on the field, picnics to the classroom, we're together. Yes, sir. watched that video probably 75 times. It's from last year. And I've watched it over and over and over. The first 10 times I watched it, I cried when I watched it because it was so powerful and it so touched me. Now, this is just for fun. You know, what if we had church like that? Yeah, now, now we can't because it scared the visitors, right? So, <laughs> right, right. Okay, and all I want you to see in that is passion. Now, here's what we're going to do this morning. Let me read you this statement. Passion has nothing to do with personality or with age. But it's of the heart, and that's what he said. He said, nobody looked at our heart. Now, when we change Annie's diaper, and I've only changed it a couple of times. I've been lucky enough to do it, and I, and I mean that seriously. And, but when her diapers change, you know, they put cream on her, and sometimes, you know, they put lotion on her, or maybe they powder her. Okay, this isn't going to be one of those kind of messages this morning. I'm not going to powder your butt this morning, Okay. All right, I, I want to challenge you this morning, and I want to say some things to you, not, not out of frustration, not out of anger. I want to say some things to you to challenge you and to encourage you, all right? That's what I want to happen. So let me start with the first statement. Okay, listen to what this says. When are you going to stop going through the motions in your life? When are you going to stop going through the motions in your life? Listen to this. We do it in our marriages. 
We do it in our parenting. We do it in our jobs. We do it in our relationship with God. Listen, if you don't have passion in these areas of your life, if you're not careful, you end up going through the motions. Now, in America, it's okay to be passionate about anything and everything as long as it's not God. Isn't that true? Okay, we're passionate, of course, about sports. And that's one of the things I love about sports is the passion. One of the things I love about sports is you don't know the outcome. So I love those two things, and a lot of us do. But you can be passionate about movies. You can be passionate about politics. Uh, Right? We've seen that on the news. People are killing each other over statues in the park. Right? I don't give a thunder about the statues in the park. Listen, folks, I'm on a combine, and it's called a soul harvester, and I don't have time to get off and kill a mouse. Listen, the devil wants to distract you and give you passion about things that don't matter. Amen? Amen. So so people are passionate about politics. They can be passionate about work. They're passionate about exercise. And I'm not saying any of those things are bad at all. Don't get me wrong. I want to talk to you about your passion for God. Okay, where are your passions taking you? Listen, I see Christians do it all the time. People are in darkness. We were all in darkness at one time in our life, and we walked out of darkness. Some of us ran out of darkness and ran into the light, ran into that place where Jesus Christ was, and it changed our life. But I see people all the time begin to drift back into the shadows, begin to drift back into darkness. Let me ask you again, where are your passions taking you? What did you get out of your life? I don't mean what did you get out of it. What did you remove out? of your life when you said yes to Jesus, but you've let it creep back in. You've let it creep back in, and you were doing it in the closet, but now you've come out of the closet, and you're, cre- and I'm not talking about sex, okay? That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about those things that you got out of your life, but you've let the devil, you've let those things creep back in. Let me ask you again, where are your passions taking you? And I've asked two questions this morning. When are you going to stop going through the motions? And when are you, where, you, where are you letting your passions take you? Because you see, if we don't have passion, then what happens to us? Well, we just go through the motions. We go through the routine. You know, Vicky and I will go to Amarillo to run errands. And when we go to Amarillo to run errands, you know what happens? We think to ourselves, hey, how far is it to Tulia? And Vicky will ask me, have we gone through happy yet? Y'all do that? Have you gone through happy yet? It's like we're in this mirage. We're in this stupor. Have you gone to happy yet? And, and Listen, we barely make it home from Amarillo sometimes. I mean, we literally barely make it home because we're tired and, you know, we've been running errands or doing whatever. And so if we're not careful, we just kind of move into this place of going through the motions. Lots of us do the same thing in our faith. Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm glad you're here. But some of you just kind of looked up and thought, hey, how did I get here this morning? Hey, man, I'm, I'm in church again. All right, I want to read a scripture to you out of Mark chapter 12, starting with verse 28. And this is out of the message translation, which is a paraphrase. And I love it. Listen to what it says. It says, one of the religious scholars came up, hearing the lively exchange of question and answer, and seeing how sharp Jesus was in his answers, he put in this question, which is most important of all the commandments? Listen to what Jesus said. The first in importance is, listen, Israel, the Lord your God is one. 
So love the Lord God with all your passion. Stop right there. Now, the word passion means heart, but let me read it to you again that way. So love the Lord God with all your passion. Can I just ask you this morning, how's your passion for God? How's your passion for God? How is it? Are you just kind of going through the motions in life? Are you just kind of going through the routine? How's your passion? Jesus said, love God with all your passion and pray and intelligence and energy. Let me read it again. Love God with all your passion and prayer and intelligence and energy. The two words that I want you to see are passion and energy. Here's the second. Love others as well as you love yourself. Therefore is no other commandment that ranks with these. Here's what I want to challenge you with this morning. How's your passion? How's your passion with God? How's your passion in your relationship with God? What's your devotional like look like? Look like? Do you have one? Do you take time to read the Word of God? Every single week, Kurt gets up here and says, get on the YouVersion Bible app. Get on the YouVersion Bible app. Every single week. Have you gotten on the YouVersion Bible app? Are you reading Scripture? Are you praying? Are you doing it with energy? Let me read you another verse. Colossians 3.23, listen to what it says. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart or with all your passion. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord and not for a human master. Now, as I look across this room, I see so many different kinds of careers. I see so many of you that do different things. And I've talked about this before. Many of you in this room have given your lives to public service. You've given your lives to protection. You've given your lives to teaching. You've given your lives to to taking care of other people in the medical field. You've done that. Okay, but listen to what it says. It says, whatever it is you've given your life to, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you're serving. Now, don't miss this. It, God says, if you'll get some passion in your life, if you'll serve me with all of your heart, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to reward you. Don't you love rewards? Man, I do. Yeah, come on, you can clap for a reward, right? He says, I'll reward you. Now, I'm not talking about perfection. I'm not talking about any of that, but I'm talking about your passion in your heart. And when you do what God's called you to do, when you work in whatever that is, whether it's your marriage or as a parent, whatever it is, God promised to do what? He promised to reward you. I want to read to you Romans 12, starting with verse 11. I love this. This is, again, the message. It says, don't burn out. Keep yourself fueled and aflame. Listen to it again. Don't burn out. Keep yourselves fueled and aflame. You know what happens when we burn out. You, you do. I do. You get cynical. You only see the bad. You get hard-hearted. And you move out of the light back into the shadow. The scripture says to do what? Don't allow yourself to burn out. Keep yourself fueled in a flame. Hey, how do I do that, pastor? Well, it's real simple. You spend some time with Jesus. In Ground Zero last year, we did question and answers with the teenagers. And one of the boys raised his hand and he sincerely asked this. How do you know Jesus is real and alive? That's an honest question of a teenager. And I kind of laughed and I said, well, it's very simple. I had coffee with him this morning. Thank you for that weak clap. Yeah, very, thank you. Thank you. One, one, thank you. Yeah, see me after church and I'll give you some money. Yeah, thank you. 
Right? And, the, and, the, and of course, the teenager thought I was joking, but I'm being serious. What are you doing to refuel yourself? Then he says, be alert, servants of the master, cheerfully expectant. Don't quit in hard times. Now, before I read the rest of it, listen. As I look across this room, I know many of you have had hard times. Some of you are in hard times. I mean, I go to the doctor in April, and he comes in and says, hey, you have to have open heart surgery, and your valve's not working, and we have to replace it. And you know what I'm thinking? Uh, I'm in the wrong room. I'm seriously, that's what I'm looking like. I ended up in the wrong room, and you're thinking you're talking to somebody else. No, he was talking to me. Listen, I know many of you in this room have had hard times, and you're in hard times, and you've had physical issues, you've had financial issues, you've had marriage and relationship issues, but listen to what it says. It says, don't quit in hard times, pray all the harder. Don't quit in hard times, pray all the harder. You know what we tend to do? Well, we tend to pray less. We don't pray harder. We don't pray more. We tend to pray less. Listen to what it says. Now, listen, that's just the devil to distract you. That's all it is. And I'm not picking on the person whose phone rang. The enemy does not want you to hear this. Listen to what it says. Don't quit in hard times. Pray all the harder. Help needy Christians. Be inventive in your hospitality. Now, here's what I want to ask you this morning. How's your passion? How's your relationship with God? Is it alive? Is it thriving? Is it doing well? Let me talk to you as I close about the people that I encountered this week. The first one's name is Tony, and this Tuesday, he finishes his Ph.D. in communication and education. Oh, but I'm ahead of myself. A couple of years ago, he and his wife were both teachers, and they lived in McAllen, and they both had good jobs teaching, and he said they had a nice home, and everything was going well in their life, and they encountered Gary and Alba Wilcox, a couple we know from El Paso who are pastors, and they said, hey, why don't you move to El Paso and help us? And of course, they said, no, we can't. We don't want to. But here's what Tony told me. He said, for a year, we couldn't sleep at night. For a year, we were miserable. For a year, we cried out to God about what we were supposed to do. Now, when I was a young man, and I was trying to decide about whether I was supposed to go in the ministry or not, I went and met with an old pastor. And I went to this pastor because I needed some encouragement because I didn't know what I was going to do. And when I went in to sit down at his office, I said, hey, how do you know if you're supposed to be in the ministry? And here's what he said. If you can sleep at night and not be in the ministry, do not be in the ministry. Y'all could have laughed right there. I was, it incredibly discouraged me. I thought, what are you talking about? I'm supposed to be in the ministry. Well, this young couple who were in McCall, you know what they did? They quit their jobs. They moved to El Paso. And they work in a Christian school and in a church, and they make about half what they were making before. Let me tell you about the next one. The next one is a young man named Rudy, and he's on staff at his dad's church in El Paso. Now, I'm talking downtown El Paso. They have a church, and they minister to people who are in desperate need of ministry. And he has all kinds of opportunities to take other jobs. Of course, they're about more money. What are so many of us about as Christians, right? Myself included. More money. God, I can't give you any of my time. I need more money. That's where he was. 
He said, but I didn't do any of those things. I stayed in my dad's church. I'm still in the ministry, and he works part-time in the school, and trust God. Let me give you the next one. The next one is a young man named Asaph. That, he's as crazy as his name is, Asaph. He's in his dad's church. The church he's in is 83 years old. His grandfather started it. His dad is pastor. And so I asked him, I had coffee with him one morning. I went, I was looking for a place to have some quiet time. And I went down to the cafeteria early. And when I got there, he was already in there. And he had his Bible open and he had his notebook open. And he was reading the scripture and he was spending his quiet time with God. And I said, I said, hey, good morning. I didn't want to interrupt him. And I asked him, I, as we, he kind of talked to me. Then I said, uh, are you going to take over your dad's church? And he said, no. And I said, why? He said, my wife and I have a passion for India. He said, I've been on a mission trip to India. And he said, and we're preparing and getting ready to go back to India to be in India and be on the mission field. Then the last one is a young man by the name of Pepe. Now, he used to work at Jesus Chapel, and he doesn't work there anymore. He graduated from TCU with a doctorate in finance. And when he graduated, of course, one of the big banks called him, and he went to work for a big bank, and he was on the fast track in, in his career. All right, you know, I'm talking going to make two, three, four hundred thousand dollars $400,000 a year. Uh, he was on the fast track in banking. But his dad had a church in El Paso. See, El Paso is like three million people. His dad had a church in El Paso, so he gave up his career. He gave up his fast track in finance, and he works for his dad, and they do ministry. Now, I'm talking about Tony, Rudy, Asaph, and Pepe, and they have two things in common. They have passion, and they're willing to sacrifice for that passion. Passion has nothing to do with personality or with age, it has everything to do with heart. Now, listen, I can't tell you what to do, and I'm not laying this out in front of you so you can be condemned or you can think I haven't done enough. I'm, no, that's not my heart. And, I, and I, again, I can't tell you what God's calling you to do, but all I want to do is stir passion in your heart. Let me close with the two questions that I asked in the very beginning. When are you going to stop going through the motions and where are your passions taking you? Where are your passions taking you? Would you bow your head and close your eyes and let me pray for you? Father God, I want to thank you for every person in this service this morning. And Father God, my prayer is that you would stir a fire in their hearts. You would stir passion in their soul. And Father God, they'd wake up. They would wake up. Father, your scripture says that Jesus, his light has come and that we would wake up. Father, renew in us a passion. Renew in us a fire. Renew in us a joy. What David said in the Psalms that you would restore unto him the joy of his salvation. Father, I pray for every family, every person in this room, as we move out of summer and move into the fall, that we would have a passion and a fire for the things of God. We'd have a passion in our soul for our friends and our neighbors to talk to them about Christ. That when people see us, they'd know we're Christians. Father God, thank you that you stir a fire and a passion in us in the name of Jesus. Now, before I dismiss you, you already have your head bowed and your eyes closed. I just want you to take a moment, and I want you personally to ask God to renew your passion.
just right where you're seated, praying quietly to yourself. But you ask God, God, would you restore unto me the joy of my salvation? Would you renew a passion and a fire within me this morning? Father God, I thank you for what you're doing in us, Lord, in our lives, our families, what you're doing in this church. Father, you know as well as I do, our passion is for kids and for teenagers. And that as we move into the fall, start ground zero on power kids, that God, we have a passion to reach teenagers. We have a passion to reach kids. And that, Lord, we would be refueled, we would be refired. And that you do a mighty work in our hearts and our lives. Father, I'm so humbled to be the pastor of such a great group of people in such a great church. Father God, thank you for what you're doing in our lives and our families. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, would you stand with me, please? Hey, we love you. Y'all be blessed and have a great rest of your weekend. You're dismissed.